It's Thursday at 10 a.m. and you're listening to the Eagles Nest on Weagle 91.1 FM, talking all things sports with a special focus on our Auburn Tigers here on the Plains. If you want to be a part of today's action, feel free to tweet at us at Daniel J. Locke or The Griggs B. Let's get into the action. Good morning to you too, Griggs. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing good, man. I'm ready to talk sports. Last week we got a lot of good feedback and looking forward to keeping it going this week. That's good, man. That's what it's all about. So, once again, please tweet at us, Daniel J. Locke, the Griggs B. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to get your hot takes over the air. A lot to unpack here today. So, why don't we start with our personal favorite thing in the world right now, Auburn basketball. Let's do it, man. <clears throat> For the first time ever in the history of the AP poll, your Auburn Tigers are ranked number one in the nation after last week beating Kentucky at home 80-71. to Probably one of my favorite atmospheres I've ever been a part of in any sports. I can't really think of a better game I've been to. What do you, What would you say about that? Um, The whiteout was cool, but the one thing preventing me from saying that is I was not rooting for Penn State. If I'd been rooting for Penn State, that would be hands down the best thing I've ever experienced. Um, a Saints playoff game would definitely be up there for me. Those are a lot of fun, but I don't really have good memories of those, so I'm not going to say that. But, yeah, honestly, I'd probably put that. If not, number one, definitely top three. I'm trying to think of what could top it, and I'm having trouble. Oh, you know, it, it's number two for me. Number one's the Bruins-Islanders playoff game okay. I went to in mm-hmm. June or May, whenever it was, but yeah. yeah. All right, but last week the Auburn Tigers uh, beat Kentucky 80-71 to with Walker Kessler leading the way with 19 points. He also led the way in rebounds with seven, and Wendell Green Jr. with five assists. I know people are going to talk about it a lot from the Kentucky side too, about how if Ty Ty was there, he, they would have won the game. I don't know if that's true per se. I mean, we were without Leor Berman, but <laughs> – but, Nine point difference, nine point in the end. He might have made a difference. It could have been closer. I, this is a definitely a team that this is definitely the second best team in the SEC besides us. I don't want to see them again in March. No, at all. Um, Oscar Tashibwe is legit. He fourteen rebounds. Yeah, uh, that's a little below his average actually. So Auburn held him a little below his average with like I believe fourteen point eight or something like that. But still a great win for the Tigers. Got the number one. Any. Thoughts from you on that one as well? I mean, it was a good win. Kentucky fans are good at talking. They'll always say mm-hmm. this, that, or the other thing. Like, you haven't won a national championship in coming up on 10 years. That's not really anyone's fault but yourself. You have all the recruits to have won a couple of natties over the past decade. But your coach is just overrated. Your program's overrated. I don't understand why people play for them. I'm just really not up on the Kentucky Wildcats. No, did you see John um, Calipari's comment on how we stormed the court when we clearly did not do that? I think he was just talking about you got Dylan, Dylan Cardwell just taking it. Oh, that's uh, okay. like I guess maybe he would have saw like some of the football players like uh, Jerquez Hunter, Derek Hall. He might have equated them for football players because I only saw Dylan take his shirt off. I mean, but yeah, coming from North Carolina, I thought Duke basketball fans were really bad, but. I'd still say Duke's probably the worst, but I'd say Kentucky's a close second. But Duke has more recently, I believe, to back it up than them. I mean, not by much. Like Duke won in what twenty fourteen, something like that. I think. I think that it's been weird. I think the last couple of times they've won, Carolina's won, and then Duke's won like the year after. So, 
But, yeah, okay, so moving on from Kentucky after that great win. This one, it's kind of crazy that was a little bit closer. The number one Auburn Tigers, first number one game ever as number one in the AP poll. Go to Columbia, Missouri, and beat Missouri, the Missouri Tigers by one point. Um, Katie Johnson led the way, 17 points. Walker Kessler, 12 rebounds. And Wendell Green Jr. with three assists. You're going to get – what I took away from this is you're going to get every team's best game from here on out. That number one in front of your name means something. These teams want to have that. It looks great on a resume. It goes into the record book as we beat a number one team. And, yeah, this is the first game. Jabari Smith, this was his – this was his worst game here. But the worst game here is still five points, and he still had ten rebounds. And he played in, amazing on the defensive side. It was just – he couldn't get him going offensively, but thank. What Bruce uh, Bruce Pearl said: uh, get the ball to Katie Johnson and get the hell out of the way. Yeah, I would agree with that take. Just get the ball, get the ball into the hands of your playmakers, and you should be okay. I'm looking at this now. I can't believe the number one team comes to town, and the arena was a third empty. I mean, there's not really much to do in Columbia, Missouri. I mean, this was what I was going to talk about earlier. But why is Missouri in the SEC? What what do they do? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Because, you know, even Vanderbilt has that elite baseball program. Yeah, I'm going to say, like, every SEC team has, like, one thing they're good at. I was thinking about Vanderbilt, but I'm thinking, well, they have baseball. You know, like, South Carolina's women's basketball. I mean, yeah, also South Carolina used to be really good at baseball as well. I mean, they've had the years, like, back in 2010 when they had Jadavion Clowney, they were good at basketball, uh, football as well. But what has Missouri done? I mean, in their defense, they did – take the SEC East by storm when they came in, winning the SEC East championship in 2013 and 14, getting spanked by Auburn and then Alabama respectively. But, yeah, things have been on the down slope since then. And you can make the argument that did we make the right choice on which Big 12 school we were going to let in. Texas A&M, I feel like they've been decent enough. It's kind of crazy to think that they've had all this, like, they've had a Heisman winner since they've came into the SEC, but they still have never not won the West. Right? No. Yeah, they've never no. won. The thing is, did you see that sign they had for free Harvey Updike and all that stuff in the student section? Did you know, they, there was a sign going around Twitter where some Missouri students had a free Harvey Updike, if, uh, who people don't remember, if you're an Auburn fan, you probably do, that's the man who poisoned the uh, Tumor's Corners Oaks. After someone put a Cam Newton jersey on the Bear Bryant statue, but which been, isn't even that bad, really. He's been dead. He was he died in twenty twenty. Just shows you the type of people that Missouri has. And they were when Wendell went down, which thank goodness he got back up because I saw the season as Bruce Pearl said, season flash before our eyes. But they were saying uh, shoot him like a horse. Their student Whoa. section. That's why I remember seeing on Twitter from Auburn people, but. I just have a – Missouri's just such a trash team. I'm sorry. My dad grew up an Illinois fan. He's probably going to like this take. But I just don't think they belong in the SEC. I think their students are not – They you should never be chanting stuff like that. No, absolutely during not. During injury and it's just – I don't care how much you hate a player. There's, there's no room for that. Um, it's Disgusting acts from their students. It really is. And was that a rivalry, Missouri and Illinois? Uh yeah, they play in uh St. Louis every year. Uh, I can't remember what the record is. The last Football, game. right? Uh, basketball. 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 Okay. They play in like, I forgot where they play in St. Louis. I believe where the Blues play, but yeah, just Missouri hmm. trash, 
all around athletics program. I wasn't familiar with that one. Trashy, Interesting. trashy students. But moving on from that, and a personal bone to pay. I mean, uh, last thing to add: Auburn winning a game by shooting thirty percent. That should just say how insane our defense was. And uh, Devin Cambridge with a nine offensive boards. But now uh, moving on to this weekend. Before we head to break, the Auburn Tigers, number one in the nation, taking on the Oklahoma Sooners, thirteen and who are thirteen and seven. Who they've lost the last four. Uh, they lost four of their last five, but they've have they've been playing okay. I mean, they're definitely I'd say a bubble team. I mean, they have uh, any common they common opponents. They've also beaten UCF and Florida. Uh, they beat Arkansas by twenty two points, which is crazy i feel like at this point you can say that besides alabama arkansas has been the second most disappointing team in the sec this year i mean yeah they're getting they're getting they're coming back a little bit now i'd say in the beginning arkansas was more disappointing but now i'd probably say weren't they preseason 17 or something like that something something like that but yeah i mean they they have two ranked wins they beat arkansas at home 88 to 66 then they beat uh iowa state who was 11 at the time 79 to 66 um, this will be an interesting game. I mean, <clears throat> uh, they lost to Londis Williams last year, who's now at Wake. You didn't really see the floor much last um, year, but tearing it up now at Wake. But Tanner Groves is getting into with 13.1 points a game. He's been getting into stride a little bit, been looking at OU Twitter some. But I, I'd see this. I mean, this will be in our pick and player, but I see this as a win. I mean, coming into Auburn yeah. Arena – Team not ranked, not playing particularly well as of recent. I just my bold statement for the day is that Auburn will not lose a game at home this year. I can, yeah, I believe that. I mean, I I have to look at the rest of their schedule. So let me look at it real quick. I mean, um, I feel like we're, we'll drop one somewhere, but I feel like that's going to be on the road. I mean, our next our uh, last couple home games: OU on Saturday, Alabama on next Tuesday. Um, two weeks from now, A and M at home, um, then Mississippi State, uh, Vanderbilt, Mississippi State, and South Carolina. I mean, yeah, I don't see us dropping another game home. I mean, I Mississippi State's hot, and if they came in and just on their on their best day, I think they might be able to beat us if we were yeah. playing bad. We go, to, we go to Starksville this year to play them, though they don't come oh, to Auburn. But gotcha. If we do drop a game, it's going to be, I believe, either at Tennessee or at Mississippi State. I mean, but you never know about Arkansas. I mean, they could come make a little bit of a turnaround real quick but they can yeah i mean i think this week gonna be good for the tigers uh 1 p.m espn game got flexed out of the 11 a.m game i think this is a national tv game i think you got to put on a statement they did last week on saturday when they beat kentucky i mean after that missouri game maybe some voters are questioning you need to get those doubts out of their head hey we're the number one team Look at who Gonzaga's playing. They've played no one. They lost to a team we've beaten already and will probably beat again next Tuesday. But, yeah. Oh, yeah, we have to uh, – looking ahead to next Tuesday. Out, we, since we won't be on the air. Um, what, do you, what do you see about the tie next week coming into Auburn Arena? You know, I think they'll be motivated. Like we were talking about before the show this morning, they play to the level of competition of the team mm-hmm. they're playing. Absolutely. Because they have some amazing wins, like not beating Gonzaga – one hundred percent on the road, but they beat him in the state of Washington. Like that was that was like ninety five percent a road game. I feel like you can say. I feel like that's fair. Maybe even a little more. I mean, I did see some Tide fans there. I know some Tide fans who made the trip, 
but you know that that's still an insane accomplishment. You beat Houston, like they definitely have some good wins, but I just we beat them on the road, and that game was a lot closer than it should have been. Mm-hmm. We we should have won that game by fifteen, but I just do not. I think they'll be amped up. I think they'll be ready. I think Bruce is going to get them basically mentally thinking they're playing Kentucky again and the level of play that we're going to see from Auburn. After losing to Georgia, they have a rough stretch these next three games. They play at home against Baylor on Saturday at 3 p.m. on ESPN. Then they play the Auburn Tigers at Auburn Arena at 8 p.m. on ESPN on Tuesday. Then they play at Kentucky – or no, at home against Kentucky 7 p.m. on Saturday on ESPN. They have three ESPN games in a row. They need – they need to win one of those games to prove they're not a bubble team. And I yeah. think if they're going to do that, it's either going to be shock the nation and beat Baylor or beat Kentucky. I think it's more likely they beat Kentucky than Baylor. Just Yeah, I don't uh, think they'll win here. I really don't. I I don't see it. I don't after a four-point game at Coleman, I don't think it translates to any type of win here at Auburn yeah. Arena. Would you mind if we spend the last minute of this college basketball segment on one more game? Can I guess which one it's going to be? Kansas, sure. Kentucky? No. Oh, all right. Let's hear it. My beloved Indiana Hoosiers, the Indiana University came in second place in my picks of where I want to further my education, so they hold a very special place in my heart. They are traveling up to College Park, Maryland, to take on the Maryland Terrapins. ESPN's Basketball Power Index is giving Indiana a 49.5% chance of winning. Trace Jackson Davis is playing lights-out basketball right now. Indiana is they're doing pretty good at the moment. They did get drummed by Michigan, but we're not going to talk about that. You beat Purdue. They're coming off a of drumming of Penn State. I think Indiana wins, improves to 16-5. and I mean, you never know. As John Rothstein says, College Park is the spring break capital of the Northeast. You never know what you get when you're going to play up there in College Park. But if Mike Woodson wears the suit, man, I think that's a – have you seen that stat? Yeah, yes, I that's that the thing. Mike Woodson good. suit. But Okay, but when we come back, good segment talking Auburn basketball. When we come back, we'll preview the AFC and NFC championship and get our takes on that. But don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Eagles Nest here on Weagle 91.1 FM. Welcome back into the Eagles Nest on Weagle 91.1 FM. In the last segment, we broke down not just mainly Auburn basketball, but a few other college basketball games coming up this weekend. If you missed any of that and want to hear it, the podcast version of today's show will be up on Spotify shortly after we get out of here. Now, we are going to move into what was a very exciting NFL divisional round week, and a lot of stuff happened like Aaron Rodgers potentially being sent away from Green Bay, Tom Brady potentially being sent into retirement, and just a lot to break down here. So let's get started. Yeah, speaking of that, just I think that was the, one of the best football weekends I've had in my lifetime, my short 19 years on this earth. But every game basically went down to the wire. I mean, the first three games were decided by a game-winning field goal, and then Bills at Chiefs <clears throat> There was 25 points scored in the last two minutes of the fourth quarter. 25 points. And Patrick Mahomes scored the game, threw a touchdown, um, got them in the field goal range from the 25-yard line in 13 seconds Un- with no timeouts. That was nuts. That's unbelievable. I That's that's yeah. going to be our, um, our generation's Brady Manning, I feel like. 
that's going to be the next many years to come, as long as they lock up Josh Allen and Buffalo. Yeah, I agree, and I would hope so. Like that'd be, I like watching those two play. It was good last year, but I will say this: next time they play in the playoffs, Buffalo's got to get some punches in on this. You know, mm-hmm. like it can't just be an a all Brady or all Mahomes. Like he's got, they've got to get some punches in on this. They got to win some mm-hmm. games. But yeah, okay, yeah. Going into the games, first game of the weekend, one of the two. Spend a little time on this one. Bengals at Chiefs on Sunday afternoon. Um, The Chiefs right now are a seven-point favorite, but recently the Chiefs lost to the um, Bengals uh, um, in Cincinnati, though. So, yeah, this is going to be an interesting game. Um, Interesting notes here about the Bengals. Um, The Chiefs put a safety on Stephon Diggs and held him to, like, what, seven yards? Yeah, but, yeah they, was... but they didn't have to defend. They had to also defend. They had to have to defend three receivers with the Bengals. You got uh, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and um, Auburn man uh, Uzma. Uzuma. Uzuma. Yeah. yeah, but defending digs like that helped Gabriel Davis score four touchdowns. So it's gonna be interesting to see how they get that. I think T. Higgins is gonna have a great, a, a very good day. I think they're gonna have to focus a lot on Jamar Chase, the my pick for NFL. Offensive Rookie of the Year. Um, yeah, what else do you have about that one? Um, I'm looking at the injuries right now since I feel like that's always something important to consider. And like for the Bengals, they're still without Josh Tupo. Um, Stanley Morgan is questionable. I can't imagine he's gotten much playing time in that receiving core, so I don't think that'll hurt them that much. Um, Cam Sample is questionable. I'm you know, injuries aren't never good, but some are definitely worse than others. On the other side, Kalen Saunders, defensive tackles, questionable. Chris Lehman's a cornerback, is on injured reserve, so he's out. And then uh, the biggest one, Tyron Matthew being questionable is not good. Yeah, Tyron Matthew being questionable I think is the big key here. Again, the three receivers you have to guard, I think that'll make a, lot, a big difference. Ty- Tyron's in a, on and off again, one of the best at his position in the NFL, has been for years. But it's going to come down to how they uh, this team, the Bengals team, with a relatively young team, I say, especially on the offensive side, how they react to that. And can the defense not absolutely collapse like the Bills' defense did? What do you think about when Joe Burrow was asked about – um, going in the Arrowhead Stadium and you know playing there because you know it's something he's mm-hmm. never done. He said the SEC is louder. What do you think about that comment? I mean, I've never been to Arrowhead, so I wouldn't be able to s- compare that. But I think you gotta. Um, I mean, we went to being you were at Penn State. That was very loud. We've been in Jordan Hare. You were at Tiger Stadium for when Auburn played at LSU. I think the SEC, I think football cares more. I think college football means a little bit more to some people. But Arrowhead is the loudest stadium in the NFL. That might be the exception. But That 2019 Alabama-LSU game, like that had to be deafening. Like mm-hmm. one versus two, so much on the line. Like that, I can't imagine many games being louder than that. Like, man, can you imagine if the whiteout had been like one versus two? Yeah, like it was good, but if both te- and both teams are ranked, but if or not even necessarily one versus two, since that's nearly impossible. Like, let's just say if we were both in the top fifteen, I feel like it would have been even more ruckus than it was. 
And if LSU was, you know, a better than they were this year, like in ranked at the time mm-hmm. we played them, like Tiger Stadium would have been rocking even more than it was. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think I think Joe Burrow is about as prepared as he could be for that. Yeah, um, it's I, supposed to be 44 degrees at game time, mm-hmm. so that's definitely not. He's definitely had to play in colder, I'd imagine. Yeah, probably glad he didn't have to play in Buffalo for that. But yeah, yeah, fun fact to note about the Bengals: they've never lost an AFC Championship game. For my friend Jeffrey, who's giving me all these Bengals shout, stats, shout out to Jeffrey. But yeah, they've never lost an AFC Championship game. They're two and zero, and they've only uh, their only loss in the Super Bowl was to the Niners. They've only lost the Super Bowl to the Niners, so that could be interesting if they make the Super Bowl with the Niners. A little bit of History might repeat itself. What do you think are some keys to the Chiefs winning? Um, the big one, I think, is let Patty Mahomes cook. Get him time, his offensive line, get there. Um, again, 13 seconds. If you have a – 13 seconds to get him in the field goal range from their own 25-yard line. That is insane. I, I was in shock watching it from my couch. I'm like, what is going on? How – the Bills just scored. I mean, they all scored in the last two minutes, but yeah, I mean, you gotta let them cook. I mean, the the big thing I think is the defense can't do what they did last week. I mean, the no. the Bills' offense is pretty good too, but I'd say the Chiefs have a little bit, a few more receiving threats than the um than the Bills do. You mean the Bengals? The Bengals, yeah, yeah. like Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Azuma. Yeah, I gotta get that name right. If I'm becoming a big Auburn fan, but. Yeah, just the defense has the defense be playing good at home in the in the early ish game of this weekend for football. But yeah, they're looking for their third straight um, AFC championship, and we'll see if that can happen. Yeah, um, I'm kind of with you. The defense has got to step up for the Chiefs if they want to have a shot. Cause, you know, you have three really good receivers you got to look out for, and a quarterback who's just playing like he's been here before. And so you're going to need a strong home crowd. And tickets for this game are going for almost $500. That's that's nuts. I mean, yeah, Airhead's not the biggest stadium in the NFL. It's average for the NFL. But I think this is going to be a good game. I think this is going to be – this is going to be – there going to be some points in this game. It's just going to be a matter of which defense can step up to the task at hand and get the job done. And – We'll see if the Bengals can continue the hot streak. I mean, I feel like a lot of America is cheering for the Bengals right now since the teams that are playing in the, um, the, the, the championship games this weekend, Bengals, Chiefs, 49ers, Rams. It's not really what you expect to be normally. I mean, you're not seeing the Patriots or Tom Brady on the other side or Green Bay. But, yeah, I'm, I'm cheering for the Bengals in this one. Yeah, me too. You mentioned it, so let's dive into it. On the mm-hmm. NFC side, this Sunday at 5.30 p.m. Central Time, the Los Angeles Rams are going to be hosting the San Francisco 49ers in the NFC Championship game. The Rams being here does not surprise me at all. However, the 49ers being here does. I'm pretty torn on this. Like, the spread is... Uh, Rams 3.5 right now. Yeah. So, no surprise there. But... ESPN's FPI is giving the Rams a 60% chance of getting it done. That's, yeah, I'd say that. I think the big key for the 49ers is Debo Samuel is an animal. We forgot to mention him on last week's show, but he can do it all, man. We've seen him throw a touchdown pass recently. We've seen him 
go get the ball out of the backfield. We've seen him catch it. It's just the ma- the matter of it is he uh, Garoppolo needs to not make the mistakes he's been known to make in the past. He has to these last two games he's not really had that kind of mistakes. He's been able to uh, kind of get the job done. But going on the road, beating Dallas at home is n- never really easy. Going to beat the greatest quarterback of all time. Uh, oh, sorry, the Rams played the Bucks. apologies. But them beating Green Bay and Green Bay last week is pretty – I mean, they didn't have an offensive touchdown. No, but I would say that I did not believe what I was seeing when they won that game. Yeah, it's going on the road and winning three. Their last three games have been on the road. Uh, at home, at the Rams. Well, it wasn't at home, but you kind of say it was at home. At the Cowboys and then at Green Bay. They're, I can't remember. The, I think it was maybe one of those Giants teams, the last team. Or it might have been, I might actually have been the Bucks last year who won three straight real games to go to the Super Bowl. I don't feel like you can directly compare it, though. Oh, true. There's no fans in that right. stuff. But yeah, but. 49ers looking to go three wins on the road to get to the Super Bowl. Um, shout out to my friend Lewis. Sorry about that last week, picking against your 49ers. But, yeah, but quickly before we have to go to break, uh, the Rams. I think the big key for them, Stafford can't make mistakes. I think no. it's key. The ter- which quarter- this, the name of this game is which quarterback can step up to the task at hand and not make these key mistakes like they've been known to. Um, their defense – one of the best defenses, if you just look on paper, look at the names on their team, probably one of the best defenses in the league. You got Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, the best defensive player in the league right now, in my opinion. Uh, you got Vaughn Miller, who's been the postseason before, unfortunately. He knows how to do it. But, yeah. You got uh, it took me a second, but I picked it up. Yeah, the Vaughn Miller comment, yeah. Um, anything before you go to, we go to break, Daniel, on the Rams? Yeah, I mean – I feel like it's a lot to do with kind of what you said. Is it going to be Jimmy Garoppolo or Matt Stafford? Whoever cracks first, whoever starts making mistakes first, is I think going to be the quarterback who kind of loses it for his team because mm-hmm. they both have an amazing target. Like Jimmy G's got Debo Samuel, Matt Stafford's got Cooper Cup, and I feel like the clear advantage on the field is the Rams' defense. However, the Rams don't want a repeat of what happened week 18. Mm-hmm. So they've put in this measure to where on Ticketmaster, if you don't, if the address linked with your credit card, also your billing address, if your billing address isn't in the greater Los Angeles area, they reserve the right to cancel your order. Did you um, see that? Yeah, I think that was only for uh, tickets that are just bought like from the team. So like, ver- okay. like resale, you can they can't regulate resale. No. But I think there'll still be a decent amount of 49ers fans there because, yeah, especially it's, now. It's, why did the Rams and the Chargers move to L.A.? There was no need for that. L.A.'s never been really a good football market. I mean, that's why the Rams left L.A. in the first place. They went to St. Louis. Should have stayed in St. Louis. Stan, I agree. Stan Kroenke is not the greatest of people. But, mm. I mean, the Chargers had a good thing going in San Diego, too. Now they're getting outsold by opposing teams every time. But. Yeah. So that is going to do it for the NFL playoffs talk here today. When we come back, we are going to break down some NHL and some NBA news. You're listening to the Eagles Nest with Daniel Locke and Griggs Blankenberg here on Weagle 91.1 FM. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to the Eagles Nest here with Griggs Blankenberg and Daniel Locke here on Weagle 91.1 FM. 
this segment we're going to go into the other the world of other sports besides Auburn basketball and the NFL. Let's start off with the NBA. Daniel, you got any good talking points here? Red Hot Suns. Let's talk about mm-hmm. it. Devin Booker, they've won nine games in a row. Just eight, eight games. I'm sorry, eight games. They beat the Jazz 105-97 to last night. They are 38-9 and on the year. They forget a championship hangover. This team is on a tear, and they want one this year. Yeah, um, Devin Booker averaging 25 a game. My guy Chris Paul, 10 assists a game. This, Yeah, this is definitely a team that saw last year. They are on the rise still. I mean, it's crazy that Golden St- they're beating Golden State right now with who's got Klay Thompson back and all these stuff now. I mean, they're still kind of waiting on Draymond to get healthy-ish. But as long as they stay healthy, I think this is a team that you don't really want to see when it comes to playoff time if you're in the Western or Eastern Conference. No. Like, I don't I don't think many teams are going to be able to hang with this team for seven games this year. So, But, yeah, I think it's just got to keep going. And, yeah, I think they're I think they're probably – I think they're going to make the – win the Western Conference. But we still got a lot long season left to go. Yes. So – we are getting close to the All-Star t- break. It's about about a month, a little less probably, like maybe like three weeks away, something like that. Mm-hmm. So why don't we talk about that? Who at this point do you think should start in, sh- in um, Cleveland? I mean, it's a fan vote. I mean, the fan favorites are always going to do better, whether they're performing or not. But so far, I think um, for the Western Conference, I think you got to go Steph at the point guard, Devin Booker at the two. I'm trying to think. I mean, LeBron's going to get in at the three or the four. I'm trying to think who else. Um, I think Gobert, uh, Jokic at the five. Um, I'm trying to think who could go at the three or the four. You got a name you can give me? Hmm. That's tough. There's so many, like, I don't know. I'm trying to think, I'm looking at all these stats and all the Eastern Conference besides LeBron leading the offensive stats. Um, I was gonna say Demar Derozan, but I forgot he's in Chicago now. Oh so yeah. Say, uh, Let's see. Okay, I got you. Mm-hmm. You got a name? I have a name. Devin Booker. At the three? Yes. Okay. Change it up. A That's bit. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he plays the two. So, I feel like that wouldn't be the hardest adjustment he's ever had to make. Fair. Okay, so on the Eastern Conference side, um, the Kevin Durant, I think, at the four. Giannis at the five. I mean, Joel Embiid's playing out of his mind this year, but I don't think... Trey that... Young at the one. Yeah, I could see that, yeah. Um, put DeMar at the three. At the two... Um... Levine. Give me Zach Levine. Yeah, give him Levine. I think Chicago's a little bit worried he might get hurt. But uh, oh, wait, yeah. you know, Kevin Durant says he's gonna sit out the All Star game. Forget that. So yeah, give me Giannis at the, give me Giannis at the four and Embiid at the five. Make it interesting for the people. I mean, I know you like Tatum, but yeah, I, I don't think you. I like Tatum, but I am a realist. The start, the starters in Cleveland are the All Star game are always gonna be the fan favorites. I mean, that's how it's always gonna be. Yeah, I mean, the reserves. I mean, as a Hornets fan, I'd love to see Lamelo 
get in on the reserve, even maybe Miles Bridges, but I'm I feel really, like I feel like Melo's popular enough too. Bridges, however, he, I don't. he's fifth right now in the voting for guards behind DeRozan in Chicago, Young in Atlanta, Levine in Chicago as well, and then Harden in Brooklyn. But you never know. I mean, Levine might has always been a health issue. Same thing with Harden. He might not want to do that. But it's interesting. I mean, All Star games are cool. It's cool to have that on your record, but. Really, game doesn't mean really that much. I mean, it has more recently since they've been giving the money to charity and stuff. Mm-hmm. But can we talk about my Hornets real quick, Daniel? I did this last Why week. Why not? The Hornets last night scored the most points in their history, scoring 156 points against the Indiana Pacers. That's the most points that have ever been scored on the Indiana Pacers in their long history, 158 points. Mello got a triple-double. Mello, triple-double, 29, 10, and 13. Kelly Oubre, off the bench, the Hornets' sixth man, 39 points, 10 threes. He was 10 of 15 from three-point range. And they did it without Gordon Hayward. Lamelo was plus 45 last night in the stats sheet. Plus 45, 29 points, 10 rebounds, 13 assists. I mean, this is, I believe, third or fourth triple-double of the year. I'm telling you, man, this team, this Hornets team, I've been saying this for the last two years, this team is a, a five, a center away from being a four seed in the Eastern Conference. They have the playmakers. They just have to figure out that one last piece. And I think Mitch Kupchak should try to figure that out before too long, before we get to the trade deadline. Who would you be okay with seeing them part ways with to bring in a center? Uh, P.J. Washington, without a doubt. I mean, he's already coming off the bench now. My my friend Will, he's a Hornets fan. I went to Charlotte for um, MLK Day weekend in 2020, right before COVID started. And I got him a PJ Washington jersey. It'd be a shame if that was outdated. I I think it needs to be. Outdated. I mean, his his last year of his rookie deal. I mean, I think he coming off the bench. He's not going to get a lot of money right now. Instead of the starting lineup would be Mello, Terry, Gordon, Miles, and then hopefully we'll get a big in. But he's our small ball five center when he comes off the bench. So I'd love to see us get maybe get a little aggressive, go for Miles Turner. But we mm-hmm. can't really trade a first round pick right now. So. No. So, why don't we? I, I would take a second to do a special little talk about my Celtics, but I don't really care to do that. <laughs> so, let's move over to the other side of the winter sports, the NHL. You know, we're getting close to their All Star break as well. The first thing I want to talk about is Montreal. Mm-hmm. What happened? Last year, you were in the Stanley Cup. This year, you haven't even won 10 games, and we're almost at February. Like, what's going on? Y'all got to figure this out. I mean, I think a big factor you got to look at also is Carey Price is still out with, un- I guess, I think it's a mental health thing, which hopefully he's getting the help he needs. But it's, it was kind of interesting to say, like, at the beginning of the season, he's like, yeah, I'm stepping away right now. I mean, everyone thought the Kraken were going to take him in the expansion draft. It was crazy how they didn't lock him up. Was he not protected? No, he wasn't. Wow. They, they thought he was too much of a cap risk for the Kraken to take him. They ended up being correct, taking a little risky. But, yeah, I mean, they're the worst team in the NHL points-wise right now. I mean, they, the Coyotes have already passed them. Oh, wow. That's the Arizona bad. Coyotes. That is- know, as a Bruins fan, I enjoy seeing Montreal suffer. <laughs> However, I like competitive rivalries. I don't want to be like what Michigan and Ohio State's been for the past until Michigan won this year. So, I'm- come on, Kane. Or, sorry. Come on. I'm, I'm wearing a – 
I'm rocking my um, Jacob Slavin Kane shirt today. I got a little confused. I meant to say Habs, which is but, a nickname for the Montreal Canadiens. But, yeah, I think it's, hockey's more interesting when a Canadian team's in the mix. Yeah, it, it is. Gets, it gets that, side, uh, gets that side of North America more involved. Um, I mean, they were the first team. In the, I mean, last year, one Canadian team was guaranteed a spot in the semifinals since there were no Western and Eastern Conference finals last year. But, yeah, I mean, the Habs being in it last year was good for the sport of hockey from there. Fortunately, Tampa Bay ended up winning it all. I mean, I would have rather seen the Islanders win it all. Shout out my boy Griffin. But nah. <laughs> not from him. But, yeah, I mean, again, last week bringing it up, what's going on with the Oilers? Still suffering with two of the league's best players, two of the top point skaters in the leagues, and Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid. Um. I think they have to. Do you think one of them has to go? I mean, hockey doesn't. Hockey players don't get paid much, but they can't both be the one, the star. And I mean, it has to be McDavid who's the star. But yeah, like one thing, it's kind of like this. Probably isn't the best comparison you can make, but it's a little bit like the L.A. Lakers right now, where you've got all these big egos mm-hmm. and only one basketball. And you know, I think Connor McDavid has shown he's pretty humble. Drysidle, not so much. Mm-hmm. He had an interview the other night. Where I remember he, seeing that, yeah. And granted, like that, that interviewer was not professional either. Mm-hmm. But still, like the the way you kind of got to carry yourself when you're one of the most elite athletes in your game mm-hmm. is you just got to hold yourself to a bit higher of a standard, like both mentally and physically, and just base how you carry yourself all around. So yeah, I think that those are. I don't think that they're coexisting as well as mm-hmm. the Oilers had yeah. hoped. So I think one needs to go. Yeah, um, going on with our hockey talk, um, the Panthers, number one team in the Eastern Conference right now, without their head coach who got uh, who decided to step away from the sport of hockey at the beginning of the year due to some go- ongoing stuff that happened in the 2010 Chicago Blackhawks. But I mean, they're still they don't seem to be that doesn't seem to be affecting them too much. I mean, they're number one in the East. Uh, they have a two-point lead over the Lightning and a three-point lead over the Rangers. Um, I think that's gonna. I think it's gonna, their competition is gonna be the Lightning and that exclusively. What do you think? Yeah, I think so too. I would love to say my Bruins, but right now we are clinching a playoff, clinching onto a playoff spot for dear life. Hmm. Um, I'm glad we have Detroit right behind us, and then everyone. Like the Bruins are in fourth place in the Atlantic Division. Fifth is Detroit. Six is Buffalo. Seven is Ottawa, and eight is the awful Montreal Canadiens. So I'm glad that there is no elite competition behind us. So we just gotta win more games than we lose from this point, and we should get in. But however, that means that my bees will be taking on either Florida or Tampa in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Which not no, good. Not no, not good. I I don't want to see that. I would like us to, I don't know. Yeah. I'd prefer to somehow take on Toronto. Quickly before the break, um, Western Conference, I don't think anyone's catching the Avalanche. They have a six-point lead over the Predators. They've won eight in a row. I mean, yeah, I just don't think anyone's going to catch them. Um, no, I don't think so either. Nate McKinnon, probably one of the best players in hockey right now. I think, yeah, he's going to lead them. I think they're going to win the West, unfortunately, my Blackhawks, even though that start of the year kind of killed them, even though they've been gaining ground ever since. But any Western talk before we get a break? I mean, the big thing with 
Nashville's probably going to be defense. That's kind of mm-hmm. where they've struggled this year. So if they want to gain some ground on the Avalanche, that's what you're going to need also to make another run to the Cup like they did in 2017. But, yeah, like the Avalanche, they're just so good right now. And on the other side of the West, in, in Vegas, like Vegas is doing pretty good, 25-15-3. Um, Anaheim, but that's just what gets me about the Western Pacific Division is you have Vegas, and then everyone else in the division has a losing record. Yeah. So it's kind of funny how a lot of the worst teams in the NHL are kind of clumped together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's going to do it for hockey here. When we come back, our weekly pick em segment, segment, who you got, will be here. We'll, me and Daniel will go through our picks of this weekend's slate of NFL, NHL, NBA, and college basketball games. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Eagles Nest here on 91.1 FM. Welcome back to the Eagles Nest here on 91.1 FM. I'm Griggs Blankenberg here with Daniel Locke. Going into the last segment of our show today, we have a new segment we started last week that will continue all semester long. Our Pick'em Contest, which will be named Who You Got? Because, I mean, that's what I said every, every after every pick last every intro to last week's picks. So, we're going to keep it going. Our records of last week, Daniel went 3-6, and six, and I, myself, went 6-3. and three, So, I have the three-game lead, but it's a season-long contest. We're going to have a lot, a lot of picks that will be different throughout the year, throughout, throughout the week. But, yeah. All right, let's get it going, ladies and gentlemen. Tweet at us at Daniel J. Locke and at the TheGriggsB if you disagree with any of our picks this week and say why. We'd love to have some input on that. But starting it off with the NFL, we go to the AFC Championship game, Bengals at Chiefs. So, Daniel, who you got? You know, give me Joe Burr. Did <laughs> I do that right? I think so, yeah. That's goes enough. A reference to my favorite rapper, Pooh Shiesty. <laughs> yeah, I also have the Bengals. I mean, I I guess they're the, a seven-point underdog, but I don't know. Something about this team, I just feels like it's Team of Destiny vibe. I don't think the Chiefs are going to go... To uh, back three three in a row Super Bowls, but the Bengals defense has to be better than the Bills. I think that's the key to the game, and the Chiefs have to stop the Bills offense, which I really don't see happening with Higgins, Chase, and Uzuma. Azuma. <laughs> but yeah, moving on from that to the next game, the NFC Championship: 49ers at the Rams. So Daniel, who you got? You know that's just this will be a tall task for the 49ers. I feel like Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey are going to play great football. They're embarrassed by what the 49ers did a few weeks ago, and they haven't had a lot of success with the 49ers as a team in the past. Like I think it's eight meetings that San Fran just dominates the series. However, I'm rocking with the Rams. Um, give me the 49ers. Um, I don't think they're going to struggle – I mean, they Jimmy G is basically you just can't make mistakes. Let Debo Cook exploit the weaknesses, the very few weaknesses that Rams defense has, and make Stafford make that mistake before Jimmy G does. I think that's important, and I think the 49ers are going to win. I think hope they're going to get a home-ish crowd advantage. Not as bad as it was Week 18, but I still think they're going to have the majority of fans there since LA should never have left the Ram. The Rams should have never left St. Louis. I agree. So moving on to college basketball, John Calipari and the Crying Wildcats are going to Allen Fieldhouse 
to take on Bill Self and the Kansas Jayhawks. It's at Allen in the state of Kansas. Give me Kansas. Yeah, I give me Kansas too. I mean, I think it also depends on. I don't. Ty Ty didn't play the other night against Mississippi State. Didn't he? Didn't play right. I don't believe so. No. Yeah, I don't think if he doesn't play this week, then definitely Kansas. But even if they have Ty Ty, I think they're gonna win. I mean, they've been not played well against uh, rowdy crowds this year. We've seen that. Mm-hmm. If not, and then they, they have, cry about it. Mm-hmm. But apparently, I mean, they already lost to a blue blood. So losing two blue bloods back to back Saturdays might get. Kentucky fans really upset. So, yeah, give me Kansas in that one. All right. Ohio State at Purdue. In the words of Drew Brees, Boilermakers. <laughs> uh, yeah, give me Purdue. They've been uh, at – what's the name of the arena? Mackey? Uh, Mackey? Yeah, Mackey. Yeah, at Mackey, I think they're going to win. OSU has been – I mean, they're ranked, so kind of shocking. I mean, they're really more of a football-ish school, but – yeah, give me Purdue. I think they bounce back after losing to Indiana last week and continue their run towards that Big Ten title. A fun fact about Drew Brees, he is a replica of the court at Mackey Arena in his backyard. That's very interesting. It is. Moving on to uh, is it East Lansing? Uh, yes. Moving on to East Lansing on Saturday, you got the Michigan Wolverines, probably one of the disappointments of the year. I'd probably say oh, disappointment yeah. of college basketball I, yeah. at Michigan State who is ranked number 10, coming off a one-point loss to the Fighting Illini in Champaign. So, Daniel, who you got? Give me the team who plays in a city that is further north than 90% of the population of Canada. Give me Sparty. Give me Michigan State. Yeah, I have a lot of Michigan friends back home. but Man, you got folks everywhere. I know, man. Uh, But give me Michigan State. I mean, Juwan Howard's having a second-year slump. He's not been playing well at all, or his team's not been playing well at all to the level they were last year. I mean, they're one of the title favorites coming into this season. They're some people's titles picks, big journalists, but give Michigan State. I mean, it's hard to beat um, Tom Izzo at in East Lansing. So, yeah. Moving on to the NHL, we have the Minnesota Wild taking on the New York Rangers. And Daniel, who you got? You know, the Rangers are on the come up. They're playing pretty good hockey. The Wild are, you know, the Wild are doing pretty good as well. This is a interesting one to pick, but, you know, it's in New York. The Rangers are red hot. Give me the Rangers. I'm going to go with the Wild in this one. I think Rangers are going to kind of be uh, sleepwalking a little bit. They're going to be holding their heads high. They've been winning. They've been winning a lot of games recently. They're top near the top of the eastern conference but yeah give me uh give me the wild in this one i think they've they're better prepared coming into this one fair enough moving on to the next game in the state in the great country of canada we have the vancouver canucks taking on the winnipeg jets so daniel who you got you know both of these teams have struggled this Mm -hmm. year but the canucks got off to a rough start but they've really picked it up. They've been playing good hockey. Um, two weeks ago on Saturday, I got to see them get drummed by the Hurricanes in Raleigh, Durham, North Carolina. But I'm still going to rock with the Canucks. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Canucks, too. I mean, the Jets have been on a really bad stretch as of recently. Um, 
people thought they were going to do well this year. I think they played well last season in the beginning near you know, this of this season, but they've really fallen off. So, yeah, give me the Canucks. So moving on to the NBA in our bad matchup of the week, the Detroit Pistons are going to take on the best player in the NBA, Chuma Okiki, and the Orlando Magic. It's in Orlando. It's in Disney World where the magic is real and Chuma is good and Mo Bamba is hype. Give me the magic. Yeah, I mean, I've seen the Pistons play in person this year. I mean, that's not a good team. I mean, Cade Cunningham can be a difference maker in the future, I think. A few more years of draft picks and smart free agency decisions, I think the Pistons will return to near the top of the Eastern Conference. But I just don't see them being a similarly matched up Magic team in Orlando. Nah. So I got the Magic. Moving on to the state of Tennessee, we have the Utah Jazz taking on the Memphis Grizzlies. So, Daniel, who you got? This is tough. Like, this is one of the tougher ones that we have had to predict. You know, both of these teams are good. They are both playing good basketball. One of the teams says Ja Morant. The other one does not. However, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert might have something to say about that. And this is tough. ESPN's rocking with the Grizzlies. However, I'm going to rock with the Jazz. I'm going with Memphis. I think they've been red hot as of recently. John Morant's been playing really, really good basketball. It's in Memphis. Um, actually, a team doing well in Memphis this year, unlike another team there who was projected to do well in college basketball. Hey, they beat it. They beat Alabama. They, yeah, they did. But yeah, give me the um, give me the Grizzlies. I think it, this jaw is going to be too much for them to stop. I think. It's going to be a close game. I don't think it'll be a blowout or a double-digit lead really rarely in that game. But, yeah, give me the Memphis Grizzlies. Fair enough. So, it's been a great day of sports talk. If you missed any of today's action and want to hear it, it'll be up on Spotify, the podcast version of today's show. Griggs, any closing thoughts? Oh, we still got one more game to pick, Daniel. We got the Oklahoma Sooners versus our Auburn Tigers here on Saturday at 1 p.m. East uh, Central on ESPN. That the, is on me. My fault. <laughs> and the SEC Big 12 showdown. Final pick of the day. Auburn. Daniel. Yep. Here you got Auburn. I think it'll be, yeah, I don't think this game will be close. I think Auburn's going to get up to a big lead. I don't, I don't know if it'll be 25, 30 point lead or win, but I think they'll at least win double digits, 15 plus. From now on, can we put the last pick at the bottom of the list? Yeah, that's on me. But yeah, I had a <laughs> closing remarks. Um, Auburn basketball, I think they need to make a statement on Saturday against Oklahoma to keep some of those on-the-edge voters yes. voting Auburn on on Monday afternoon. Honestly, uh, lock Bruce up, please. Can we get him a, some contract, Mr. Green, please? Okay, I'm glad you cleared out what you meant by that. What? Lock him up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Kentucky fans and all these other fans would like to see that, but we need to lock him up to a long-term deal sooner rather than later. Get the attention off of that, and let's give back to Auburn basketball. So give Bruce the contract. I am in full agreement. Once again, thank you for tuning in today. We will be back next Thursday at 10 a.m. Once again, this has been Daniel Locke and Griggs Blankenberg on the Eagles Nest. War Eagle. Thank you for tuning in to the Eagle's Nest. We enjoyed bringing you updates on everything going on in the world of sports. If you missed any of today's show, you can catch the podcast version wherever you get your podcasts. 
You can also follow us on Twitter at Daniel J. Locke and at The Griggs B. Until next time, this has been the Eagle's Nest. See you next week.